It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and we've got a bunch more free agent moves that we need to get the lowdown on what it means for those guys and all the other guys on their team from a fantasy perspective from the best in the business. Check his Twitter. Check anybody that ever grades people for how they do in fantasy football. It's Evan. It's Evan Silva from Roto World. He's considered the best at Evan Silva when you look at you know, his success rate, his hit rate. He's the star of the show. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, a former NFL offensive lineman. And we are presented, as always, by betonline.ag. You want to bet on the Sweet 16 games this weekend? Get some bets in for MLB before the season starts? Betonline.ag is the online gaming website of choice for the Fantasy Feast podcasts because they've got the best odds and the fastest payouts, just use the code BIGFEAST. All right, Evan. So obviously, we just did a show on Friday. So we got most of the major free agency moves. It's been, whatever, five days. But there are still enough other moves that have happened that I want to get your first reaction to them. And then next week, we'll probably get into having a guest and moving on because there won't be as many items of note in terms of free agency but we have to do sort of the second tier second phase of free agency not a lot on the quarterback end of it other than you know teddy bridgewater only getting five hundred thousand dollars guaranteed and the jets trading up i mean is he even worth a flyer at all anymore Not in fantasy, but I think that, you know, we need to understand just situations in general because things can end up going wrong. You know, a guy gets hurt and we want to know what the deal is uh, on every depth chart in the league. You know, and that's one of the ways that we can have advantages on our opponents. Um, So Teddy Bridgewater only got $500,000 guaranteed, as you mentioned. The Jets gave Josh McCown $5 million guaranteed, and then they traded three second-round picks to move up three spots in the draft. One second-round pick per draft slot climbed, and you don't think that they're going to pay that sort of a premium unless they're going to be drafting a quarterback at number three overall. That quarterback would presumably be Sam Darnold, seemingly unlikely, Maybe Josh Rosen, maybe Josh Allen, probably not Baker Mayfield. I know based on what you've heard and based on just the general thinking about the Jets. Um, so I think that uh, he pro- that Teddy Bridgewater is in real danger of not even being on the week uh, one roster for the Jets. And that's not an indictment of him from a skill set standpoint. I'm just talking about wh- like how does he slot in? A lot of NFL teams don't keep, uh, you know, they they don't keep three quarterbacks. They would prefer to just keep two. Uh, the Jets may keep Christian Hackenberg, may keep Bryce, Bryce Petty. Um, so it's just, I think that it's a situation worth discussing because we may see Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they'll trade Teddy Bridgewater after they 
draft another quarterback, you know. Um, so it's just a situation where Teddy Bridgewater, although he's on the Jets roster right now, I'd say it's probably a 50-50 uh, proposition whether or not he is on the Jets week one roster yeah I, I think that's that's probably pretty well said now there there has been some running back news to get to for um, four situations I guess that we need to discuss I don't think we ever mentioned I think somehow we we forgot to mention Chris Ivory signing with the Bills and what you think that means for both him and LaShawn McCoy yeah he signed a two-year, $5.5 million deal. It's a backup running back deal. LaShawn McCoy is 30, has dealt with injuries, uh, but he's only missed five games over the past five seasons. That's, that's pretty impressive for a running back, just averaging one missed game per year. That's not, a difficult, that's not an easy position to play um, in the NFL and stay healthy for an extended period of time. But he will be 30 this season. If you look at their roster construction, I don't think they're going to be using any draft picks on running backs. They have Taiwan Jones. He's a special teamer. Uh, they have Travaris Cadet. He will be their third string running back. Situational passing down back can also play on special teams. But that's four RBs right there. You know, are they going to carry five RBs into the season? Most teams don't do that. Very few teams do that. So I don't think we're going to see them make any more running back additions uh, unless they, like, trade LaShawn McCoy or something like that. And I, it seems like they're not going to do that right now. Um, but I think that Chris Ivory is the strong favorite to enter the season as the Bills' number two running back. Doesn't have any fantasy value right now. But if LaShawn McCoy gets hurt, uh, then Chris Ivory could come into play. One big concern with Chris Ivory is that I, did, I didn't think that he looked like the same back last year. Um, I thought he was outplayed by T.J. Yeldon and Corey Grant. He averaged 3.4 yards per carry. So I think it's fair to wonder what is left in his tank. He's also getting up there in age. What about another banger of a back in LeGarrette Blunt, who continues to be effective with his opportunities? He's in Detroit. Yep, one-year, $2 million deal. Uh, so I think that he is going to be a rotational running back in Detroit. We know what Theo Riddick is, and LeGarrette Blunt is the polar opposite. Uh, so LeGarrette Blunt's fantasy value is going to come down to touchdown scoring, uh, and he is going to be their primary option on the goal line. This is, you know, this is a, a pass-first team, though. I mean, the, the Lions have not been a running team in a long, long time. have not been an effective running team. Uh, still have some issues on the interior offensive line. You know, LeGarrette Blount is going to be very – he's going to be very hit or miss, I think, each week. And he's going to be very touchdown dependent. Not really a guy that I'm looking at best ball and not probably a guy that I'm going to be drafting in redraft, uh, but is a guy that can score touchdowns. Then let's get to uh, another situation, and that's Jeremy Hill signing with the Patriots, where LeGarrette Blount used to play. Yes, one year, $1.25 million deal. Uh, so he was not, that suggests that he was not particularly valued around the league. Uh, this might be one of his last chances to hang around in the league. Uh, he's still a, a young guy. I mean, he's 24, 25 years old. 
Um, just got done with this rookie deal in Cincinnati, and he got like progressively worse in Cincinnati, and that is probably not a good sign. Uh, I think that just looking at their roster right now, they gave Rex Burkhead a really solid deal, uh, three years, almost ten million, uh, like sixty or seventy percent of the deal was guaranteed. Uh, so they're really high on him. They lost Dion Lewis. James White is locked in to his role where he gets like six to ten touches per game. Um, and then I think it's going to be Mike Gilsley and Jeremy Hill competing for one roster spot. Mike Gilsley is a little bit more expensive. The Patriots can they lose nothing against the salary cap. All that money that he's owed comes off the books if they cut him. Uh, Mike Gilsley did play special teams in Buffalo, did not play special teams last year for the Patriots. He was a healthy scratch for much of the season. I think that Jeremy Hill and Mike Gilsley are going to, to compete for one roster spot. Uh, I really can't imagine taking either guy uh, in fantasy right now. I think that Burkhead is the guy to go get. Uh, I'd like to take him in round seven through nine. In the last running back situation that I think we're going to talk about, Evan, it's out in Oakland where I think right after we talked on Friday maybe they had signed Doug Martin to a one-year deal, the former Buck, and then over the weekend they kept Marshawn Lynch even though he had a bonus due. And we just found out this morning that he actually restructured his contract. He's taking $500,000 less, but I guess the money he's going to get is now pretty much guaranteed. So it looks like Lynch is almost guaranteed to be in Oakland this year. Yeah, Doug Martin, uh, he has averaged 2.9 yards per carry in each of the last two seasons. Really ineffective in Tampa Bay. He's getting up near age 30. Uh, he signed a one-year deal with the Raiders. We still don't have uh, the financial details of that. And that suggests that he probably signed for peanuts. Um, you know, right around the NFL minimum. And he's going to be a guy competing for a roster spot in Oakland. Uh, the, the, like from a fantasy standpoint, the big takeaway here is what you mentioned about Marshawn Lynch. The Raiders paid him a $1 million roster bonus, and it looks like he, his, his salary for this season, in addition to the roster bonus, is essentially guaranteed based on the restructuring. Marshawn Lynch, I thought, played really well last year uh he wasn't like a difference maker in fantasy uh but once they finally started giving them the rock giving him the rock consistently late in the season i mean he looked pretty close you know 90 percent of the old beast mode uh so i thought that he had imp an impressive season overall and he goes very late in drafts right now even with this new information that we have. This is another team that I don't think is going to be investing in running backs in the draft. They've got Marshawn Lynch to be their starter. They've got Doug Martin as a guy, who, you know, veteran guy coming in to compete. They've got Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington, who have both been very good in their niche roles. So I think that Marshawn Lynch is the clear guy to target right now, especially based on his cost. I mean, Last year, he was like a second, third, fourth round pick. And this year, he is going in the double-digit rounds, and not a whole lot has changed. If anything, things may have changed for the positive. We saw him come back from that one-year layoff, and he played well. We've seen the Raiders make a commitment to him. We've also seen the Raiders kind of start to build their offense 
in the direction of being a more of a power running team. They bring back Lee Smith. They tr- they trade for uh, the blocking tight end. They trade for Keith Smith, uh, blocking fullback. Uh, I-, I think that they are going to be committed to running the ball to a much greater extent than last year's Raiders were. Let's get to some receivers, and really, I guess I want to start in Jacksonville, where Alan Hearns was released, as was Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, and you know, these pass catcher uh, positions in Jacksonville are still fairly deep. I mean, even with Alan Hearns gone, they've got Moncrief, who I can't believe they're paying him $10 million in 2018 by the way and like the entire contract is guaranteed that that was not something that i I would have seen coming but they were very aggressive in free agency also giving dj hayden a shockingly big uh contract but they've got dante moncrief they've got dd westbrook they've got keelan cole uh and they've got uh marquise lee of course who they re-signed for four years and 34 million so they have a lot of depth still uh, at the at the wide receiver position, and you wonder how all of that's going to shake out. It doesn't really bring a lot of clarity, and I would say the same at tight end. You know, Mercedes Lewis he leaves, but they've got Austin Safari and Jenkins there. They've got uh, Niles Paul. I know they liked James Shaughnessy uh, last season as a guy that they got like off waivers, and then uh, he's got some pass catching ability. I mean, I think that Austin Safari and Jenkins offers some appeal really late in drafts, uh, and I think that the same could be said for D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee and Keelan Cole, uh, but you know, I don't think that any of these guys are going to be target monsters, and, then, and, not, and you're also dealing with inefficient quarterback play in Jacksonville, so it's not, not, a, very, not a great uh, fantasy football situation. Um, keeping it moving, we finally have a landing spot for uh, Ryan Grant. He's going to the Colts. And Eric Ebron going to the Colts as well. Grant, one year, $5 million. It's a miracle. He passed physicals with the Raiders and the Colts. So he did a lot of healing in those 12 to 16 hours. Um, and then Eric Ebron. I kind of thought, Evan, that Ebron would go somewhere where he wouldn't be like the clear number two. I think it says a lot. Uh, that he didn't have that option, I guess, but it also says something I think about Frank Reich. He had three good tight ends in Philadelphia. I think he wanted to make sure he had at least two options in in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's a good point. I think that he will probably play like a sort of Trey Burton role. Um, but this is this is a team that really needed pass catcher help. I mean, I looked at before they made these two signings. I looked at their depth chart and was like, they've got T. Y. Hilton and they've got Jack Doyle. And then their number two tight end was Eric Swoop, who had some hype last year, but he ended up missing the entire season with a knee injury. And he's just, we just have no idea, you know, what to expect from him uh, going forward as a former basketball player. But then there are their other wide receivers behind T.Y. Hilton were Chester Rogers and K.J. Brent. K.J. Brent was their third receiver. So they needed to add pass catcher talent. Uh, Ebron in that Trey Burton role, and then uh, um, Ryan Grant in the possession number two receiver role, uh, uh, you know, he will be, uh, and again, you know, we, and we talked about this on the show with Todd Burroughs, um, the wide receiver class is not necessarily going to impact depth charts. 
Ryan Grant is, you know, suddenly like on the radar in fantasy leagues. I think that he's not really a big play receiver, though. He doesn't project for a ton of volume. If we do get a healthy Andrew Luck back, though, uh, his his stock will elevate. Uh, but he's not, you know, he, he's not someone that I'm looking to draft even in the 18th or 20th round at this point. Speaking, by the way, of, of Ryan Grant, you know, he failed the physical with the Ravens and they instead signed Michael Crabtree. How do you like that fit? I like it. I like it. And we talked I, we talked about it a little bit on, on the first free agency podcast because we could kind of see it coming. Um, but it was it hadn't been an official yet. I think that he jumps right in and he leads the team in targets. Um, I think that he is better than what we've seen from Jeremy Macklin over the last two years. Uh, and he's been a touchdown scorer. Uh, I think he's got eight-plus touchdowns in, in three straight seasons. And I think he's got enough left in the tank where he can be uh, a, a strong contributor for the Ravens, uh, resume scoring touchdowns, and be a guy that you can get eighth, ninth, tenth round in your fantasy draft. Um, and he could kind of... Uh, really beat that draft position by finishing as a guy as like a wide receiver two slash three. I mean, the, the, the route, the Avenue for targets for Michael Crabtree is crystal clear. The Ravens have very little uh, pass catcher talent. I mean, their tight ends right now are Nick Boyle and uh, Max Williams and their wide receiver depth chart is just barren. So he's in a good position to get a lot of volume and score touchdowns. What about a couple moves the Seahawks made, Evan? Um, getting uh, Jerron Brown and Ed Dixon. Yeah, kind of minor. This is another team that you, if you looked at their depth chart before they made these moves, it was like horrendous on paper. Uh, they've got Doug Baldwin. They've got Tyler Lockett. But you know, Nick Vanette was at the top of their tight end depth chart after they lost Jimmy Graham. Uh, and they had very, very little uh, behind Tyler Lockett at receiver. I mean, people were trying to talk up this Marcus Johnson guy that they traded for in that in that deal with the Eagles. Marcus Johnson never got on the field w- with the Eagles, and um, you know, there's really nothing to suggest that he's like has like a bright future in the NFL. He's like a flyer that you bring to camp, and, and maybe he makes the team. Um, so. They just needed to add some bodies. And Jerron Brown, they know him from inside the division. He's flashed a little bit uh, in the past, uh, but he's never been consistent. Uh, he has a torn ACL on his resume. Uh, he's just he's not particularly appealing. You know, that kind of a, of a signing, uh, I think, uh, just enhances uh, the, like the, the outlook for Tyler Lockett as a super, super late-round pick. Because I think that Tyler Lockett isn't going to have a whole lot of trouble like holding off Jerron Brown for a prominent role. Ed Dixon, you know, he's never been a productive receiving tight end. Uh, he is a guy that they can put out there and feel good, feel good, uh, feel good about him as like a veteran body. Uh, he was one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL last year. That's his calling card. You know, I, I suppose maybe he could l- luck into scoring, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns just because he's playing with Russell Wilson. But he's not someone that I'm trying to add 
uh, anywhere in fantasy leagues. I'd probably even have like a little bit more interest in Nick Vanette, former third-round pick out of Ohio State. Has really done nothing to this point, uh, but I think that he offers more pass-catching upside than Ed Dixon, who's been in the NFL for like almost 10 years and has really never been particularly productive. Couple other notes. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about there, but Cordero Patterson was traded to the Patriots. What that means, if anything, for you and Cam Meredith? It sounds like a guy that I know you're a fan of is starting to take some visits as a restricted free agent. Yeah, Cameron Meredith showed a lot of talent uh, in 2016. Uh, showed the ability to win outside and inside. He was a big slot receiver for the Bears, and. Uh, He's a great athlete, former quarterback. He's coming off the torn ACL, missed all of last season. It was a gruesome injury uh, when we saw it uh, occur in the preseason. Uh, and the but I, the, the Colts see this is a landing spot where he could offer us a lot of upside if Andrew Luck is healthy. Um, that can move him inside and out with T. Y. Hilton. They need a big receiver. Uh, you know, and I, I think that Cameron Meredith would be a very interesting addition to the Colts. Cordero Patterson, I just wanted to mention him just to kind of say that he's a special teams guy. You know, he's a kickoff returner. The Patriots lost Danny Amendola, their punt returner, and Deion Lewis, their primary kick returner. So Cordero Patterson is going to fill that role. I don't think we'll, we'll see him playing a whole lot on offense, although I'm sure that you know, he'll be worked in at certain points, but not to the extent that he'll be a fantasy contributor. And then what about any uh, any line moves or any other moves that that you think are worth noting? Mike Pouncey maybe to the Chargers, John Sullivan back to the Rams, the Browns, what they're doing by bringing in Darren Fells and, and Chris Hubbard or even Cordy Glenn with the Bengals. Can't remember if we touched on that one last week. Yeah, I just wanted to mention those because um, <clears throat> they, you can just kind of get a feel for what the team's philosophies are going to be. I think that the Browns, you know, bringing in Chris Hubbard uh, to re, you know reunite with uh, Todd Haley, his, his OC in Pittsburgh, um, that in and of itself to play and to play right tackle, that in and of itself, you know, it, it solidified that that right tackle position. In Cleveland, I think he's going to be the locked-in starter at right tackle. Uh, but they also made a, a fairly significant move to sign Darren Fells, who's a blocking tight end. Actually, a former basketball player, but he's become a blocking tight end in the NFL. And I think that that kind of speaks to what their philosophy is going to be um, with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, when you have Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback, you want to uh, maximize his dual threat capability, and you're not going to run an offense where you're throwing the ball 40 times a game. He adds value to your running game. You go back and look at Tyrod Taylor, uh, hit the offenses that he has played on. They've been prolific rushing attacks, and if you look back at the, historically with dual threat quarterbacks, they can spike the efficiency of their running games from uh, Robert Griffin III with Alfred Morris uh, to you know, go way back. Michael Vick and Warwick Dunn, um, you know Chris Johnson, and, and even Jake Locker uh, with uh, with, or I'm sorry, Vince Vince Young and uh, even Jake Locker, uh, who was a dual threat with Chris Johnson. 
Um, you know, that and Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo with uh, with Carlos Williams, who had a monster year, and then Mike Gillisley. I mean, Tyrod Taylor got Mike Gillisley paid. Uh, so I think that it, they this is going, and then they they also gave pretty big money to Carlos Hyde, made him the second highest paid running back in free agency. I think that the Browns have a clear philosophy that they are going to follow, um, at least early in, in the, on the tenure of the new GM, John Dorsey. Uh, I think that the signing of Andrew Norwell uh, going to the Jaguars, the ja- Jaguars bring back four starters on the offensive line. Their weakness was Patrick Omame, uh, and they let him walk. He got he got signed by the Giants. They replaced him with the big, the best guard in free agency. That speaks to their philosophy. They are going to maintain a, a ground and pound, you know, run first approach. Uh, uh, John Sullivan back to the Rams. That solidifies that offensive line. is returning all five offensive line starters. Uh, Mike Pouncey to the Chargers. I like the way that this Chargers offensive line is coming together. You get Russell Okung at left tackle. You have um, Dan Feeney, the second-year guard at left guard. You have Mike Pouncey now at center you're getting forrest lamp back the 38th overall pick in last year's draft a lot of people thought that he deserved to be a first rounder last year uh, he missed his entire rookie season he's going to be the starting right guard and then joe barksdale a uh, longtime solid veteran at right tackle i mean i think that this this offensive line can be athletic uh and mike pouncey's still only 28 years old I think that it, the O-line looks very good on paper right now. The entire offense looks very good on paper right now. They're very, very deep. I mean, they go four deep at wide out with Mike Williams coming back healthy. They go uh, two deep at, at running back. Hunter Henry, I think, is poised for a breakout year. Uh, that doesn't look like they're going to be bringing back, back Antonio Gates. Uh, they did sign Virgil Green, uh, blocking tight end. Uh, I think I love the way this offense is coming together. Cordy Glenn to the Bengals. Well, love that move. You really don't see the Bengals make aggressive moves like this, uh, you know, historically under Mike Brown. But this was a move that they had to make. Cordy Glenn, when he's been healthy, he's one, been one of the best, better left tackles in the game. They had to do something about uh, the offensive line. They, you know, they let go of Andrew Whitworth. They let go of Kevin Zeitler. Uh, and it was a disaster for their offense last year. They had to make a move up front, uh, and they got aggressive, and they went out and got a very talented player. Evan, that was incredible. And, yes, I think I've done this before, but I don't care. I think it's funny that I can say it was incredible. You know what else is incredible? Credible.com. Look, Credible.com is like kayak for student loan refinancing. And here's what's important to mention. Checking your rates at Credible.com will not affect your credit score. That's huge. Checking your rates will not affect your credit score. A lot of you have student loans. Who doesn't, quite frankly? I had them till I made the Redskins and paid them off, thankfully, But a lot of you didn't make the Redskins, so you've got student loans. Credible.com saves almost $19,000 over the life of their loan on average. The key is to go to Credible.com slash feast. Why would you not just see what 
they have to offer and decide whether or not it's better than what you already have going. Probably takes two seconds to go to credible.com slash feast. You plug in a couple things, boom, you'll find out whether or not you're overpaying on your student loans. Don't wait. Go to credible.com slash feast and click find my rate to see if you could save by refinancing. That's credible, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash feast, credible.com slash feast. And that's also the end of today's edition of the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast. We already have a terrific guest lined up for next week. If you're into best ball, and I know a lot of you are this time of year, you have come to the right place, my friend, because we will be joined by a stud best ball dude a week from now. Love hearing him and Evan go at it. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you guys give us the retweets, when it's Evan at Evan Silva or me at Ross Tucker NFL or even Bry with the podcast at RTF Podcast, which is the first place you can always know when the show is up and available for you. That's always huge. And even if you do one thing to contribute to the show, if it's not that, when you have to buy something on Amazon anyway, just click through our Amazon banner ad first. Or bookmark that bad boy if you want to. It's over at RossTucker.com. Other than that, I'm totally stuffed from this huge meal on the Fantasy Feast. I think we're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft podcast. All available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True car dealers will show you the true car price, the true price on cars, like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealer knows this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states.